This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how are you doing today? It is Saturday, July 17th, and this is your daily financial news. Yes, we do these shows on the weekends and holidays and birthdays and all of those kinds of things just because we want to keep our streak going. That's now over two years uh, in a row. Uh, again, we got to shout out Gary V and Nipsey Hustle for the inspiration to do daily content, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, it um, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun uh, doing this with you. So, uh, on today's daily financial news, a couple of quick announcements. First and foremost, we got to shout out another winner. Yes, somebody um, says that one rental at a time helped them. And they closed a transaction. So, Justin, congratulations on closing your deal. Uh, Your card will go out this morning. If you don't know what these are, folks, I have a contest. I have a goal, a desire to help people close 500 transactions in a 12-month period. The 12-month period runs from June 1st through May 31st of next year. Uh, I think we're, we're on a good pace, but... I need your help. We're heading into a housing slowdown. Um, I think it is going to be time where you can find motivated sellers and create good or great deals in your market. So do the work, learn what is average, and then do good or great deals. A couple of quick things to remind you of. In about 29 minutes, I will be right back here on this channel to do a live Q&A session, except I will do it from my computer so we can get more interaction. I have a few topics that I've collected from the week uh, and hopefully have time to go over questions from you. So you can look forward to that in about 29 minutes. And if you're one of my students, we will be back in the Facebook group at nine o'clock for our half hour kind of live Q&A as well. Uh, In addition, I want to call out uh, yesterday evening, I posted a video about my progress on getting an ADU built. And, um, you know, I just wanted to let you know that's something I'm doing. Uh, Unlike a lot of channels who kind of start in real estate and then flutter about and chase the the YouTube algorithm, hopefully you've seen over the last three years, I just share what I'm doing. I'm not here for the algorithm. I'm here to share with you what I'm doing in the business, what took me from, you know, basically no net worth to financial freedom. And whether that's flipping or now adding an ADU, I just want to keep sharing with you what is going on. So, uh, yep, got uh, a house design finally like I like, and uh, we're going to the next step. So I will keep you informed as we do that. Uh, A couple of things that we're talking about today, kind of breaking down the bond market, right? We talk about the 10-year a lot. We talked about with Matt, the mortgage guy, uh, and other experts from the week about man, what's going on in the bond market? So I thought it would kind of break it down because it's not really following a standard script. And what do I mean by that? Well, when you have an econ degree, you go get your master's in you know business, you, know, you learn kind of, I don't know, theories or trends that you can kind of count on. And when the market actually acts different, you have to ask yourself questions. 
So in theory, right, this week, Tuesday, we had CPI hot two months in a row. Wednesday, we had PPI hot two months in a row. You would normally think, hey, inflation is out there. Inflation's picking up. Inflation is way above the 2% or 2.5% kind of threshold from the Fed. It's time for them to take their foot off the gas, right? In this, in this market, that would mean stop buying 120 or 150 million in treasuries and mortgages and all of that, ultimately leading probably to higher rates. But that's not happening. Uh, we saw rates just a short two weeks ago kind of pushing 1.5, again, on the 10-year. And now they're pushing 1.3, right? So a, you know, a decent drop. So why would that happen? Uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, a lot of people are calling kind of these technical things, which I, I think are excuses. What I think is really going on is way back to what we talked about in this channel with Jamie Dimon, like two months ago, did he say that? Jamie Dimon basically came out and I put it on the daily financial news and basically said, hey, we got half a half a trillion dollars in cash. I remember being so surprised. I think we talked about that with Greg Dickerson. Like, what does that mean? Right? This whole cash is trash mindset? Not case. So I think what we have is we have people sitting in cash, uh, supposedly smart money, if you will. And what they're basically saying is, yes, inflation is hot right now. We will suffer some short-term losses because, again, the banks aren't paying interest. Uh, but we're going to wait for an adjustment, a crash, a correction, whatever you want to call that. I think there's a lot of folks out there that are looking for deals when the, uh, you know, the external stimuli is kind of removed. Where are we going to be led, right? The sugar high of consumer spending and all this savings is, is off. Maybe the economy isn't in good shape. Maybe there are lots of wounds that we need to heal and bad debt needs to get written off. Think office, think retail, think malls, you know, think an inflated stock market. Uh, I, think there's, I think there's a good opinion out there, a growing opinion, that the U.S. economy and, frankly, world economy is not nearly as strong as the headlines would, would have you think. To that end, we had some growth numbers from China, again, shared on the Daily Financial News, I think, Thursday this week. Uh, that their growth is falling and actually was below expectations. Again, I don't trust a lick that comes out of China. There's not a single metric that I think they report that isn't managed, if you will. But when you look at them long enough, they tell you a story. Uh, and what I think you have coming out of China is at least a signal for the world that after a government takes their foot off the gas, the economy really slows down, right? Because I think China is ahead of most of the world where they went in, lockdowns, all of that stuff, and now they're taking their foot off, and they're like, dude, the economy's not growing as much as we thought. Uh, so again, I think these are signs that the rest of the world could look at. So again, watch that. Close, closer to home, I've been calling on this channel a housing slowdown, <coughs> and it's not a crash. I always People still send me notes like that. I'm not one of those people. I simply think supply is going to rise. Demand is falling. And ultimately, we're going to head back out of a terrible seller's market into a more balanced market. I actually don't even think we get to 3 million homes, which is kind of balanced historically. But we should get over 2 million homes. And again, we're going to be going from 100 to 50 to 20. I do not see a crash. There will be bubble markets. Uh, I still, the only one, the one that jumps out to me is 
is Idaho, Boise, Idaho just seems like it doesn't make sense. And if you watch what Anna Kelly is talking about with her Airbnbs down in Florida, that could be a problem. Uh, so there are some bubble markets, but not nationally speaking. If you have been looking for a refi, uh, good news, starting August 1st, what is that, like two weeks away? August 1st, FHFA has dropped, dropped, removed, declined, whatever you want to call it, the half a percent, um, what do they call it, adverse market fee. Basically, what happened here is FHFA about nine months ago basically said, oh my God, all of our loans are in forbearance. What are we going to do? Our book is terrible. And now what they've seen is over 2 million folks have exited forbearance. It's gone from 5% to 2% of their book and improving every week. They're like, let's remove that. So this extra half a point fee that used to be layered on refinances are being removed. So if you've ever thought about doing a refinance and just didn't make sense starting August 1st, you might want to go back and look at it because rates will go down. So uh, if you're in California, obviously we talked to Matt, the mortgage guy. Uh, if you're looking at doing a refi and it didn't make sense because of that fee, good news. August 1st goes away. Uh, a couple of things I read, uh, read an article about Warren Buffett and how best to protect against inflation because I think, I think inflation is out there and we'll talk more about this in a minute. But basically, Warren Buffett said there's two things to do, right? Because again, the beauty about Warren Buffett is been, it's been doing this for decades. And uh, it's interesting to look back at his history. He says, first and foremost, invest in yourself. I would not have expected that, right? But that's what he says. Invest with yourself. Read, learn, get better at something. Improve yourself. Become more valuable. Good advice. And then he says, hey, there's nothing better than owning a part of a wonderful company. And in the article, it referenced his investment in Coke that he's owned for decades. So in the end, you're worried about inflation. There you go. Uh, the big thing about inflation, again, talking about a little more detail for me, is not so much what is reported, although shockingly high. I am far more worried about what you and I, the consumer, again, 68% of the economy, expect from inflation. What do I mean by that? I think inflation, as Janet Yellen says, could be running hot for many more months. So we're talking not a two-month trend, but a six, seven, eight-month trend. If I've learned anything about consumers over the last three decades of studying them, they eventually start acting on expectations. They expect inflation. So if the consumer expects inflation, they will change behavior. In the short term, that might mean, you know what, for example, we see lumber going up 300%. We start telling ourselves, you know what, we don't need that backyard deck. We don't need that new fence. They change their behavior. That said, I think there is inflation in lots of other components, which we will break down, which aren't optional, which might mean they have to spend more and what do they cut, because I think there will be some of those things to cut. Uh, so, for example, when you talk about inflation and the Fed and all these people are like, hey, look over here, look over here, don't bother me. They're talking about a big part of inflation being used cars, airfare, hotels, uh, commodities, lumber, you know, iron ore, copper, things of that nature, which in theory, yes, could be transitory. However, what I want you and I to remember is all of that gobbledygook that these economists talk about, 
affect us that much on a daily basis. Not much. However, there are things that will impact us, and I believe the Fed is either ignoring them or not talking about them because they know it's going to hurt. Rent. Cost of housing. Rent is going to go up. It is already going up. It's up 5% this year, 5.1%, the last thing I saw, and it's not slowing down. We have an affordable housing issue. And again, I'm specifically talking to the single family rental, what I am focused on right now. Rents are going up. They're going up fast as I've ever seen. I've been doing this 20 years. I've had at least one rental home for more than 20 years. And I've never seen rents behave like this. And rents are going to be sticky, right? Rents are a lot like wages, which we will talk about in a minute. It's not like tomatoes or cereal or milk, right? When, when supply increases in tomatoes, milk, and cereal, prices come down. Rent is sticky. It's expensive to move. It's got all these extra costs, So rents are going to go up and they're going to be sticky. I believe rent is going to be the thing that sticks the Fed, you know, sticks a finger in the Fed's eye and says, not transitory, not transitory. Next is energy. Have any of you gone out to fill up your car recently? I just did a drive down to Southern California and oh my God, gas in in California is expensive, right? It's approaching $5 and I think I paid over $5 in, in, in one pit stop. That's crazy where gas prices are. And again, they are sticky. OPEC is saying, no, we're not going to increase production. We kind of like these prices. Food. Food is the interesting one because you do have switching, right? Right now, people are talking about beef prices being high. What do they do? Well, they switch to chicken or fish or something else, pork. But, you know, there are some things that they're really, it's tough to switch. Baby formula, diapers, you know, I'm sorry, diapers aren't food, but you get the grocery aisle is what I'm thinking about. In cereal, anybody seen the great shrinkage in cereal aisle? I mean, I used to buy Cheerios. You know, they used to be this big. Well, over my finger, this big. Now they're this big. It's the great shrinkage, which is another reason inflation is happening. And then wages, right? One of the good things, one of the good things, wages are going up. I think wages, just like rent, will be sticky. However, unfortunately, when you do the math, you know, you go from making, I don't know, 15 to 25 or 15 to 23 or whatever it is. But are you really in better position if rent and gas and food are up? I don't know. The trade-off kind of seems like a wash. Uh, so a lot of stuff going on where I think inflation is out there. Another uh, thing I just got to talk about, it looks like uh, the good old uh, pretty boy, Gavin Newsom in California, is once again trying to buy votes. Folks, he is going through a recall election. Uh, he is once again throwing out some money uh, to people uh, to basically, uh, I don't know, I consider it buying votes, but I guess technically it's not. It's stimulus or build California back or whatever he's calling it. It's buying votes. I wonder why he's not taking this once in a generation flood of extra capital in investing in things that we need. California has enough water. We just don't get it evenly. I've lived here for nearly five decades. This is the time. If you want a great jobs, Mr. Newsom, go ahead and uh, build some more aqueducts or dams or whatever, reservoirs, whatever you want to call them. 
maybe work on our aging infrastructure, right? right? If it's trains or tunnels or whatever it is. We have enough land in California, Mr. Newsom. Why don't you think about having it more affordable, build some more housings and send that, and then build transportation that gets people from these suburbs to where the employment is. You are interested in keeping your job. That is it. You like power. You like do as I say, not as I do. You're the worst kind of politician. You have no moral compass. You will cheat on your, you will sleep with your best friend's wife. You are a liar. You are saying that you will do this and then you don't. You have gotten in politics because you are good looking with a sophisticated vocabulary. You need to go. But California is blue. Californians like free money. And uh, while you will be recalled, and it will be, you know, one of the only two times I think it's happened, I have no faith that the people will vote against you. Too many people will just vote blue because it's blue. But you are the worst kinds of politicians out there. At the end, folks, remember, we will be doing a session in 13 minutes, live Q&A. Have fun. Have a great weekend if I don't see you there. Take care. Bye-bye.